Hey guys, hope you're doing well. It is a very relevant and timeous subject that we are going to be talking about today. And so, just to be very clear, this is for Christian families who believe that the best and highest purpose for their daughters is marriage and motherhood. And so with that being said, let's jump in. We're going to be talking about the dynamics of girls and college. It's interesting because the other day I was talking to a young girl and something that I'm very mindful of is to not ask teenage girls what they plan on doing after graduating because I think just asking that question all of a sudden puts a life burden on them that they need to have their whole life figured out. And a lot of times when you ask that, the expected answer is college. So you're putting pressure on them that they have mm -hmm. to go to college. To please the, the cultural and peer pressure. Yeah, so it's best not to word questions like that in a way that makes them feel like college is the only legitimate option for them to pursue. And so that's a lot of what we're gonna talk about today is a lot of times young girls just need another excuse to give people because it is a big pressure thing. I felt that when I was in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to go to college for. All I ever wanted to be was a wife and a mom, but at that time- and the culture has to beat that out of girls because almost every girl you speak to yeah. once you tell them that they're like well me too yeah really any young girl i've talked to like when we were in high school youth group a lot of them would be like yeah i just want to be a, a wife and a mom and it is the natural desire of our heart it's how god made us and god wired us and whenever we share this we always have the exceptions come out and say well i never wanted to be a wife and a mom okay well that's fine but that's you can exception. admit that that's the exception. Mm -hmm. That's not the normal. Most girls that are raised in Christian families have the desire to mm -hmm. be a wife and a mom because that is a good thing. And so how do we nurture that in them? So then when she asked me, well, what would you have done? Because I told her, if I were to do it all over again, I wouldn't go to college. And so she's like, well, what would you do? All the things that I did after college, I could have done without going to college and then without the debt. Really, it's unique to you. What are things that you're interested in? What are things that you find fascinating yeah. or interesting? Or what are ways you can set yourself up to meet high value men since that's what you want is you wanna be married, you wanna have children. And so we're gonna go into more specifics of that. and. I think to honor that with them, that being a wife and a mom is a good thing to have as plan A. Yeah. A lot of times girls go to college because, well, it's the expectation of me. I don't know yeah. what else to do. I don't have an excuse. It's the war between two worldviews. Worldview number one is that men and women are equal. They're exactly the same. They have the same purpose. And so they should follow the same life path. Women should go off and do the same thing that men do. They should get a certification or a skill and they should go work for 60 years and pursue career and status. The other worldview where we're coming from is that men and women are different. God created us with peculiar, unique purposes, roles, and so we're going to have a different life path according to our age progressing as a man or as a woman. And so for girls, the Bible lays out that older women are to teach younger women to love their husbands, love their children, and look well to the ways of their house to not blaspheme the word of God. In other words, we're talking about a telos, a God-given purpose that involves being married, being a mother, having a, a household to look after and work hard at. All of those things are to be honored and to be praised in this worldview, if you believe in this worldview. And so there's this war in young Christian girls' hearts and minds where they know the culture and peer pressure. They have to go and get accreditation. They have to go and 
build a career. Otherwise, they're wasting their time. They're wasting their talents. And so in their hearts, all they want is to please God and fulfill what God has put on them to do, which is for the majority of girls. Again, of course, there are exceptions. But if you're the exception, you don't have to say you're the exception. You're not going to even care that you're the exception. The majority of girls want to be a wife. They want to be a mother. And so you have to realize that there is a war over worldviews here. The next dynamic of sending your Christian daughter away to college is that you're sending her away from your direct protection. Young ladies are incredibly impressionable. And before you get offended at that, young men are incredibly impressionable. Sending a young lady away to a place that is a cultural, cultural pressure cooker, a peer pressure cooker, a professor pressure cooker. You're putting an 18 year old, whether a boy or girl, but, but let's say a young lady at, at this point, you're putting them in a place where they have to fight three different pressures on their lives. Peer pressure, professional pressure, and cultural pressure. And for boys, it's okay because boys can fight that. Like, yeah, you want boys to fight that. Right. You, you want young men to be combative. And here's the thing you're creating. If your daughter came from a wonderful home life and you've raised her well and she loves the Lord and she's got virtue and, and she wants to stick to her guns, she's going to have to become a contentious woman and contend against the culture for four years. That's a long time to be fighting. It's stressful to be in conflict with authority figures. It's stressful to be in conflict with a peer group. It's stressful to go against the culture. And so you're expecting a young girl to do that on her own. And you know, there is going to be a measure of either she breaks down and capitulates or at least just goes dark. I'm going to just disappear and hide. So the alternative would be a Bible school or a mission school, but there's dynamics at play there too. Yeah, again, you're sending your daughter away from your protection. You're playing into the worldview of men and women are equal. A woman can fend on her own just as well as a young man can fend on his own. And she's got her own responsibility. She's responsible for herself now. She's her own authority now. She's her own protector now. It's a subtle difference of worldviews. Another part of the alternatives of Bible schools and mission schools for girls is that you're putting her in a very purpose-driven environment. As a man, you're there to become a missionary or a pastor or, you know, going to, to school, you're going to become some profession of like, this is my purpose. I'm skilling up and adding value to become that thing for the next 40 or 50 years. There is no differentiation for young ladies of, well, your role is to become a wife and a mother and so how do we skill you and make you as valuable as possible for that role, for that purpose, for the next 40 or 50 years? There's, it's again, just treating everybody as men. So even going to a Bible school and a mission school, the girls are being treated as if they were single men, which then makes it very hard for them to get married because they are so mission-minded, they are so purpose-driven that they are now looking for a helpmeet. They're looking for a man to come along and help them on their purpose, their mission. And then the last thing about sending your daughter away, even to a Christian alternative, Bible school, mission school, Christian college, whatever, is that you're sending them away to probably never return again. If they do end up meeting their husband in a faraway place, the likelihood of them returning to your town or your area is very slim. They're going to find a husband that is going to be from somewhere else. And so again, you just need to be understanding of that dynamic. So if you're not going to go or your daughters are not going to go to a college university, then what are the alternatives? Mm -hmm. So the first decision to make from that worldview 
is for daughters to stay home under their parents' protection until they are married. And then that really does motivate you to then set your daughters up for success mm -hmm. to be able to meet someone who is marryable. So a common argument that would now come up is, well, your daughter's going to be at home just twiddling her thumbs. So that's a straw man. Because if you've raised your children well, part of that is a good theology, a good worldview on work. Work is good. We don't just sit at home and play computer games. We don't just sit at home and watch Netflix. That is a, unfortunately, a product of how we've been brought up in the public school system is that children don't work. We weren't trained how to work and that work is good and here's all the ways you can contribute to the work of your parents and the work of your household and how do you increase value in your property. We were just told, well, you go to school, and then you come back home and you watch TV. That worldview carries over against our worldview of, well, if a woman's at home, she's just watching Netflix. And that's not the case. Women actually work very hard and have a lot of things that they work at and are passionate to work at and enjoy working at. So as a parent, you're obviously going to know that about your child, your daughter's passions, her skills, what she's good at. What she likes. What she likes. And so one of the first things we, we recommend is, do you have a family business? Do you have a family project or something that needs someone trustworthy to work it? Because that could be your daughter's work is something for the family's household economy or your own business. Or do you have friends who have businesses? If your daughter could go work for friends' businesses, it's someone who you trust who's not going to abuse your daughter or exploit your daughter. I have a friend who did that. She worked for a family friend's business and uh, she ended up marrying the owner's son who was Hallmark. also working a part of the business. And then another example I have is a, of a, a young girl that we know that she didn't plan her life around plan B of going to college. She knew she wanted to be a wife and a mom. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to go to college. And I remember her always saying, I hate when people ask me what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to college, but then they look down on me like I'm not doing anything. But she was exactly what you described, a helper of her household. She did the homesteading stuff. She was very passionate about gardening and she helped her home. She was very valuable to her home. And because her plan A was to get married, within months of her turning 18, she met her husband through her family through her family's workplace and got married. And so I think we need to raise our daughters that it's okay to have plan A and plan your life around yeah. plan A, which is You can't be wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. James talks about the double-minded man. You can't serve two worldviews. You know, you can't expect girls to grow up to be a wife and a mother. That's your greatest success. But also you have to go to college in case have that never happens. Man. It's like you're creating double-minded women. You're creating anxious women who are insecure of, well, do I serve the culture and peer pressure or do I trust the Lord and pray that the Lord sends me a husband and I can be a valuable wife and mother? Choose one. In that place of choosing, then you need to make yourself the highest value. Like our friend that is now married, she made herself the high value girl so that way a guy five years older than her found her attractive, helpful, and wanted to marry her. So you can, this is the whole thing. I'll link our video below on the virtues of a high value woman, but increase your beauty as much as you can. Max out your beauty, max out your helpfulness, the helping your family, helping the people around you and max out your cheerfulness. Guys like happy girls. So if you can max out all of those things, it's not going to be hard to 
find a husband. And that's it. That's the mindset as well. You don't want to start believing all this talk of like, there's no guys around. There's no guys around. It's like, no, there's a lot of guys around. There's an abundance of men around who are wanting to get married, who will be good husbands. You've got to have that mindset. Again, you can't serve these two worldviews. You have to pick one and be full faith. My mindset was always with marriage in mind. When I went to mission school, my mind was, this could be where I meet my husband. When I went to South Africa, this could be a way I could meet my husband. It was never- When you worked at Trader Joe's. When I worked at everything I did, was yeah. the, with the possibility of, this is, could be where I meet my husband. So that was always the frame. It wasn't, I just wanna live this adventurous life and live my life to the fullest. And if I happen to get married, great, then I'll get married. That wasn't, it was never if I happen to get married. It was always, well, hopefully this thing will help me to get married. So it's a good thing to, to make your life decisions around, is doing this going to set me up for a place of being married. Because when I graduated college, I didn't have that mindset. Mm -hmm. I worked at a place called Justice. It was a little girl's store. And looking back, we were talking to my brother about it the other day. It's like a 21 year old girl who is looking to be married and you start working at a little girl's clothing shop. is probably not the best place to catch the eye of a high value man. To meet someone. Mm -hmm. So that we want to encourage you. It is good to yeah. think of places that you can put yourself in to where you can meet high value guys. The main thing in all of this is, yeah, you, you could work anywhere. You know, if you need to go and work a job to make money and have an income, all that stuff, that's great. As long as you're under your father's protection, you're not gonna get exploited. You're not gonna get abused. You'll be, you'll be protected. The problem is if you're out living on your own, and then you just go and, and work any old job. There is a lot of exploitation yeah. and abuse. So with that then, let's say you are a young lady or your daughter's a young lady with a passion for a skill like hairdressing, massage, midwifery. You don't have to go to university to do all of those things. There are short-term trade schools that she could even do while she is 16, 17, 18. The girl who did my hair, she started beautician school at 16 so then by the time she graduated high school she was i think she said like 10 hours away from being certified to fully be able to do people's hair so she was already at 18 years old setting herself up to still to this day she lives under her parents household she goes and works at a salon and comes home and those type of skills translate very well to being a homemaker mm -hmm. having children being a wife you can pursue skills mm -hmm. that will Encourage add, your femininity. Add to your household. You can go be a graphic designer. Let everyone in your church know, hey, I can do logos, I can do flyers, I can do any sort of design. Especially nowadays with all of the different... I was just going to say that. In today's day and age, I mean, there are programs at your mm -hmm. fingertips. There are YouTube tutorials. Skillshare. You can take mm -hmm. classes on there to learn things. The wedding industry is a very feminine thing to get into if you want to be in business for yourself. But doing flowers doing photography, doing event management, hair. hair, makeup. There's so many ways to make money that is not going and doing a corporate grind. And not going into debt mm -hmm. for a degree. In the famous words of David Pawson, the old English preacher, it doesn't quite matter what you do. It matters how you do it. And so our big encouragement to young ladies is stay at home under the protection of your parents. Pursue your passions, pursue things that bring you joy, that you think you'll be skillful at, that you can help people with. And so this brings us to our last argument against what we're saying, is a lot of people will be like, well, what if you have a dysfunctional home or abusive parents 
or you don't have parents at all. This is where a lot of girls, majority of girls in our culture have found themselves is even with good parents, they have essentially found themselves adrift on their own, out of the house at 18. And so what do you do in that case? Then the most important thing for you is to find a father and mother figure who you can put yourself under. So for you, that might look like actually going to a mission school yeah. or going to a Bible school yeah. with the intention of finding a father figure not an education or getting wrapped up in the mm -hmm. education but you're going there because you do need a place of safety mm -hmm. and protection and you're not getting that from your home yeah. and again with the motivation of i'm going to make myself an extremely high value woman so that way i will meet my husband here because it's not good for a girl to be alone if she's not going to be under her father's authority find a parental authority and then also find a high value man that can then be your husband. So the biggest thing with that is to find parental figures. And to be very honest with them. Because I feel that a lot of older couples in church settings or whatever would love to be more involved in younger people's lives. They just don't feel the permission or the freedom to speak into those people's lives for fear of offending them or fear of overstepping boundaries, boundaries or, or whatever. Yeah. So if you had to go and say to an older couple who you think they have a wholesome family, you trust them, say to them, would you take on the role of being spiritual parents to me? Could I bring my life issues and things to you for your guidance? To wrap this up, a huge problem for almost every 16, 17, 18, even into their 20s young lady is the question of what are you doing with your life it's okay to have an excuse to just tell people off the bat because people don't actually care they're just parroting the cultural narrative and reinforcing cultural pressure mm -hmm. on you it's okay to have an excuse and just be like oh yeah i'm working or i'm learning about this or i'm really passionate about that or i'm pursuing this skill or whatever don't feel pressured into following the conveyor belt of culture and peer pressure when actually your worldview is you want to become a wife, you want to become a mother. Praise God. That's a thing of high honor. That's worthy of praise. That is the greatest success in our worldview. And so just understand that you're coming up against people with a different worldview to you, i.e. a different religion to you. And we don't live by their religion. We are a peculiar people. We don't live to the culture's expectations. We have our own expectations. We have our own worldview, our own success metrics that are very different. And so don't expect the world to pat you on the back and say, oh, that's wonderful that you live to another religion. You live to another worldview because they don't like that. So don't expect people to celebrate you for doing what you're doing. Just understand that it's God who celebrates you mm -hmm. and it'll be your future husband who celebrates you for that decision. <laughs> And it's setting you up to be a, a wife and a homemaker because you're going to get those same questions mm -hmm. all over again. So it's good yeah. practice that sometimes people just need an excuse of what you're doing. And also, a lot of people don't actually care. It is a conversation starter most often when people don't know what to say to you. The easiest thing to say is, oh, what are you doing after high school? They don't actually care. They're just, m most of the time I say they don't actually care. That's how I feel when people ask me what my job is i'm like oh this is just a conversation Filler. starter so i really could say anything that would satisfy them and that's where i've changed with my homemaking answers because i realized me saying homemaker makes people very uncomfortable and i could say that it's 
it's awkward being a homemaker without children because people don't understand what that that means. So it's easy if you're a mom, be like, oh, I stay home with my children. And people are like, oh, okay, well, that or makes sense. Or you work for your husband. Yeah, and so that's usually mm-hmm. what I say. But it helps people understand because they don't know what homemaking means. Mm-hmm. So that's the same as not going to college. You can say anything. You could say, I'm helping my dad yeah. with his work. I'm helping my, my family with mm-hmm. their work. I work for my dad. That's really easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we hope that this was encouraging, that there are other options. Yeah. God bless you guys and praise God. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can support our channel by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, or if you would like to purchase from our shop, our website is home with kelly k-e-l-l-i dot c-o we have organic rooibos that we bring in from scott's home country of south africa it is a delicious no caffeine tea loose leaf it is so good iced or warm and i also have some vintage home goods in the shop and i make some hand-bound journals which are also available we hope that everything that we share is an encouragement and a blessing to you and your family